0: HD You are listening to a Live Mint Production, brought to you by HD Smartcast.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Capital Calculus, the show which focuses on the intersection of politics and economics, something that is critical in democracies like India, especially in influencing what the little guy gets or does not get. Every week, this show will explore this intersection to try and give you a fresh perspective on the week that was. I'm your host, Anil Padman Most of us have either read or heard about Thomas Friedman's bestseller, The World is Flat. It was a celebration of globalization. I'm sure you also know that the inspiration for the book and its title came from Nandan Nilekani, Yes, the same INFI co-founder and former chief of the Unique Identification Authority of India or UIDAI. Nandan is now back with another big idea on globalization, but this time specifically for India. He shared this with Mint in a recent interview. He calls it internal globalization, a process which eliminates existing social and economic barriers which he believes will unlock value and opportunities. ...realize India's much-wanted potential. The introduction of the goods and services tax... ...economically unified the country for the first time. It is still a work in progress, absolutely. But it was and still is a yes-we-can moment. The elimination of tax barriers... ...has injected an incredible element of efficiency... ...into the movement of goods and services across the country. But much more needs to be done to grow this model of change a model that eliminates barriers. For starters, a range of public services need to be made portable to deliver growth with equity. Everything should be like banking and telecom, services accessible across the country, anywhere, anytime. More of that later. First, let us hear from the man himself on his definition of internal globalization.
2: The way to think about it is that in the World is Flat era, if you had Bangalore and you had uh, Bidadi, which is a few kilometers from Bangalore, uh, and you had B- Boston, uh, Boston and Bangalore was flattened, but not Bangalore and Bidadi because you know internal India was not as as as, uh, as equally accessible. Uh, but given now that India's growth will have to come more from domestic economic activity and also India's growth will have to come more from services because India doesn't have the access to the manufacturing route that uh, Japan, uh, Southeast Asia, Korea and China have used uh, partly because the backlash against that and partly because manufacturing itself is becoming highly automated and therefore the jobs are not going to be there. We will have to drive our economic growth by domestic services-led consumption And therefore, reducing the friction internally between states, between people of different languages, that is now going to be the need of the hour. And we are, as I said, we are maybe halfway on that journey.
1: The reason Nandan is making an urgent case for a friction-free public delivery system is because of migration. It is already a staggering number. The present estimate is that India has about 400 million migrants. This cohort is more than the population of the United States. And given the growing regional growth inequalities and differing fertility rates among states, this trend will only accelerate. Without portability of services, most people will be denied key social benefits, excluded from fundamental entitlements like banking, access to public rations, education and healthcare. Services have to go to the people, not the other way around. Imagine if we had this operational before the pandemic struck. The sordid crisis faced by fleeing migrants could well have been mitigated.
2: So one part of uh, internal globalization is the movement of people. Now, when people move around like that, you have to make sure that you think of every service should be instantly accessible to them uh, wherever they are. So today, my Aadha number is a nationally usable number. My bank account is a nationally usable bank account. My mobile phone is a nationally usable mobile phone. But this should be applied for other things. I mean, my, if I'm eligible to get something from the PDS system, I should be able to get it anywhere in the country. If I want education in my mother tongue, I should get that anywhere in the country and so on. So we have to really reimagine some of these things so that people have access uh, everywhere. And all this can only be enabled through technology. And uh, so I think definitely uh, there's a chance here to reimagine uh, our future in a way that it improves the you know, common man's life.
1: What is the kind of architecture that a new India can look at you know, in this tech-enabled background?
2: Well, first of all, we need every service uh, to be, di- and luckily, most of the things that government does is services, and of course, there are some products. So, every service should be digitally enabled so that it's accessible over a wire on a phone anywhere in the country. And, uh, you know, I should just be able to use my identity, verify myself, and access that service. For example, in the case of PDS, if I have national uh, portability of PDS, then uh, we can have a couple where the husband is a migrant in Delhi and his wife is staying in a village in Bihar, and both of them should be able to withdraw their PDS entitlement. Uh, each can and take a part of it and so on. Similarly, but we also have to think of two models, uh, what I call as uh, assisted and self-service. The Western societies tend to be self-service because everybody is educated, rich, has a smartphone. In a country like India, where many people may not have the full literacy and may not have access to devices, you need both self-service, which uh, some part of the population will use. For example, everybody who has a smartphone will use uh, the smartphone. But you also need to have a way for people who have feature phones to access services. And finally, you need an assisted service where somebody does not have a device but can go to a location and get access to his money or uh, or a certificate by authenticate themselves and asking for that. So uh, we need both self-service and assisted service at national scale and completely independent of where you are when you access that service.
1: The good news is that some of this is already happening. Not in the desirable scale though. After all, one swallow does not make a summer.
2: The education is a big thing, I mean, today you may not realize, but in the state of Maharashtra they have textbooks in eight languages because they have migrants from other states. So how, how does a family from Odisha who is in Kerala, how do they get some learning in Oriya? In These are all issues we have to deal with they were early in that journey.
1: India's diversity is best captured by the multiplicity of languages we speak. It has some 22 official languages and nearly 400 dialects. As long as people stayed within their linguistic zones, it was manageable. Not when you have a third of the country's 1.3 billion population moving around. Yes, it is deepening India's diversity, but it is also increasing the complexity of delivery of public services like education. Nandan, the forever believer in the good power of tech, argues we already have solutions to overcome these challenges.
2: We're going to have very multilingual states in the future. You know, you, today I believe if you, if you walk around a street in Kerala, you will not be able to recognize some of the languages that are being spoken there. It's not Malayalam. They're speaking Bengali or Assamese or Hindi or whatever. So I think how do we... And that's where AI can play a big role. I mean, one of the great examples of AI in India is what the Supreme Court has done. Supreme Court has implemented a system called SUVAS, which is an AI-based uh, language translation capability using neural machine translation between English and nine Indian languages. Instant translation, bi-directional. So I can take a document in English, make it into Tamil, I can take a document in Hindi, make it into English, and so on. And most of it is automated using AI. And uh, this is a remarkable thing that the court has done. But this can now, that AI now, so this kind of machine translation, speech recognition, all using AI will allow us to improve the communication, both written and oral, between our people. For example, if, if somebody from uh, Bengal is a migrant in Kerala, these tools will actually allow him to uh, converse better with the local people in Malayalam. So so I think AI and all these new things like speech recognition and neural machine translation are actually very, very good infrastructure we now have for also integrating our multiple languages.
1: Imagine if we have instant translation. Teachers can speak in Malayalam, then neural machine translation can ensure a migrant student sitting in the class receives it in Odia. The good news is that the current government is convinced about the use of technology for development. It has already committed to the rollout of a One Nation, One Ration card, which means the poor can access the public distribution system from anywhere in the country. On August 15th, Prime Minister Narendra Modi launched a similar initiative for health. We are launching the National Digital Health Mission today. Every Indian will get a health ID. It will be used to store all the information about their health. Something that can be used to access healthcare anywhere in the country. This will revolutionize
2: healthcare.
1: I be able to the health, that be to हेल्थ आईडी दी जाएगी ये हेल्थ आईडी प्रत्येक भारतीय के स्वास्थ्य खाते की तरह काम करेगी आपके हर टेस्ट हर बीमारी आपको किस डॉक्टर के पास कौन सी दवा ली थी उनका क्या डायग्नोसिस था कब दी थी आपकी रिपोर्ट क्या थी ये सारी जानकारी इस एक हेल्थ आईडी में आपको समाहित की जाएगी In the final analysis, it is clear that internal globalization can break down barriers and that we have tech solutions to facilitate this. Failure to do so has prevented people from realizing their aspirations. We have already seen the power of the business of disintermediation. I am sure you recall how difficult it was either to get a new passport or to renew one. The process encouraged middlemen and retail corruption. Its automation has made all that disappear overnight. The trick, therefore, is to make more services portable. Coincidentally, the idea of internal globalization actually segues well with Atmanirbhar, the new economic ideology espoused by PM Modi. It argues for pursuing self-reliance without severing India's global links. Indeed, a great plan. The trick, though, is how effectively India will execute this plan. Without which, the dream of a new India will remain just that. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Do share your feedback and ideas. You can reach me on Twitter at Capital Calculus or on Facebook and Instagram at HT Smartcast. I'll be back next week with a new episode of Capital Calculus. Till then, stay safe.